Blog Talk Radio. Hi there. I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. And one of the greatest lessons of age is the growing awareness of truly experiencing life with all its rich and unexpected challenges and joys. And that's where today's guest is going to be especially meaningful. Anne Devereaux Mills is a former advertising agency CEO who underwent a major life change shortly before her 50th birthday. Not only was she diagnosed with cancer, but her last child headed off to college and her job went away due to the recession. Feeling she had no identity, she set out to figure out who she really was and how to start again. But thankfully, Anne's personal life crisis resulted in her creating an amazing organization called Parlay House. She joins us today to share more of her story, what Parlay House is all about, and her just-released book entitled The Parlay Effect, How Female Connection Can Change the World. Boy, have I been looking forward to interviewing you, (laughs) Anne, so welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Well, at first, I have to say, uh, I couldn't put your book down. I mean, it is filled with ideas, thought-provoking ideas, life lessons, and examples of ways that we, as women of a certain age uh, or younger, again, it's not necessarily age-related, but you can live with greater intention and, and real create real meaning in our lives. But before we get into the specifics of the book, your own life is filled with meaning. So if you don't mind, I shared a little bit in the intro, but tell us a little bit more about how, again, your personal life crisis created such an amazing after effect. Yeah, you know, we're, I think as a society, we're we're, uh, sort of primed to be gritty, to rise up above challenges and uh, keep moving forward regardless of of circumstance. And that really was true for me um, all the way along the road. I got married super early, uh, had children pretty early, and realized too late that I was in an abusive marriage without even sort of thinking I could ever be in that situation. And as I was trying to extricate myself from a difficult marriage, I was also diagnosed with my first round of cancer. And so I had this pretty (sighs) tough, this is when I was the mother of youngest children, and pretty tough beginning, uh, but conquered it and then started to establish myself. And my wonderful daughters grew into wonderful young women. And as you mentioned in, in the intro, when they were headed off to the last one headed off to college and I was running a, a company during the recession and my cancer recurred, instead of making room for me to have surgery and come back, uh, my boss decided to have someone else run the company. And I had this crisis just about at my 50th birthday where all of my self-definition, I would walk into a room and either I would be the mom or I would be the CEO, or I would be the person who goes to the gym at 5.30 every morning and super healthy. And all of a sudden, all those definitions of myself were gone. And I had to think about what do I want the next half of my life to be like? What are my values? What am I missing? And it's one of the most interesting things was despite my recurring success, and I was a multiple-time CEO, when I got sick, 
very few people that I knew from the work world were there for me. Like I had worked with thousands of people over the years and the number of people who really followed up, you know, about my illness and then were there about my job loss were, you know, you could count them on one hand if you're lucky. And I just thought, you know, I have been doing and, you know, succeeding without connecting and feeling. And I don't want that to be my life. So I kind of uh, set out on an experiment. I had been doing that big career and mom thing in the East Coast in New York and New Jersey. And then uh, the the man I had been dating, who luckily is now my amazing husband, um, was in California. And he sort of said, you know, hon, this life is killing you. Is this really, you really want to get back on the horse and do this thing again? Because there's some signs that this is probably not the best uh, idea for you. And so I thought, you're right. And I dropped my youngest off at college and uh, kept heading west. And we bought a house together. And I was in beautiful San Francisco looking out at the bay thinking, oh, my gosh, this is so great. Where is a friend who can come over and share a glass of wine and look out at this place? And I realized I had no close friends because I had just been so caught up in everything else. Mm-hmm. And so I started to experiment by um, asking friends of friends who they knew in the Bay Area who might want to get together uh, to get to know each other and really to just sort of start a friendship for my own sake. And, and we started out with sort of 12 random strangers in my home. And my friend Tamsin Smith, who is an amazing poet and artist, kind of led us in a discussion about um, poetry, but it really wasn't. It was just opening up the conversation for us to talk about the real things in our lives. And it turned out that a lot of my feelings, whether it was feelings related to being 50 or it was feelings related to um, not knowing who I was or feeling lonely or uh, feeling afraid were validated by the other women in the room who were a wide range of women. I mean, we had 20 year olds, we had 80 year olds, we had, you know, racial diversity and um, it was not about what you did for a living. So it was a lot of kind of crazy connection. And we all said, that's all kind of good. Should we do it again? And the next time uh, each of them brought a friend and it cascaded. And we now have about 3000 participants in San Francisco alone. So kind of my unmet need and my sharing my truth resonated with, you know, women all over the place. I've got to say, you just gave me goosebumps because I mean, <laughs> I mean, what what it, we put ourselves out there, you get a little intention, the universe steps in, you get a great idea, and look at what happened. But I want to ask you about what the name refers to. You've got Parlay House, and now That's the book, The Parlay Effect. Tell yeah. us about that. Well, this this has been a fascinating revelation. So I was parlaying one life stage into another. And that that was a word I kept using, and I thought it was very interesting. And uh, I do speak French, and I know the word parlay spelled differently means to speak. And so it sort of made sense that we were speaking and transitioning. And I went to uh, buy the website. And when I looked at competing website names, I also found that a parlay in the gambling world means the stakes are higher when you're in it together. And this seemed to be another mm. sort of divine message from the universe that we, that it was the right word and the right name. And then I, I was recently at a conference called Nation Swell, which is a, a very cool gathering of people that are trying to make positive change in the world. And David Brooks, the New York Times columnist, was talking about yeah. work that he had done where he realize that 
50% of people at any given time are in some sort of transition, parlaying in some way, whether it's um, a life stage transition, a work transition, a relationship transition. I mean, all of us, if we're sort of healthy humans and adults, are growing and never stopping growing and changing and searching. But that means you're in an unfamiliar place a lot of the time. And I find that the name and the idea of parlaying and the reason that we're successful is because we hit on that truth that, that it's very vulnerable to be in that space in between, that space after you were certain and before you know what the real answer is. And we really attract people who are willing to go deep in that space. I love the way you term it, the space in between, because that is so accurately describing the way we feel and the way, uh, and especially I'm thinking in my own case, when I'm in the space in between, boy, my female friendships really come into play. And of course, yeah. that's the whole idea behind Parlay House and, and your various, you know, the book and, and so many things that you wrote about. It is. But I did want to also mention that the Parlay effect in the book you write, it basically has three elements the initiator, the beneficiary, and the witness. So tell us a little bit more about that. That was super interesting. As I was writing my book, you know, we all are our own worst critics, right? So I'm writing my book and I'm thinking, it's just not, it's just not good enough. There's just not enough new, authentic, you know, information in here. And so I uh, reached out to Dr. Serena Chen, who's an amazing social scientist professor at Berkeley, and I asked her to do a research study with me so that we could have some data to support my inkling that there was a cascade of effects happening with these relationships among women who wouldn't otherwise be overlapping in their lives. Because I, I had been witnessing stories of meeting people who had incredible relationships and thinking they were old friends and realizing they had met at Parlay House or meeting people who worked together and thinking that they came as colleagues and they actually had started working together as a result of meeting at Parlay House. So we did this research where we separated 350 you know, random people who were willing to go online and answer a survey into three groups. People who could tell us stories of times they were generous, thoughtful, inclusive, kind, and knew that it had meaning for the, for the recipient, and they were the bucket of the givers. And then we created a bucket of people who had been the recipient of a similar, inclusive, kind, empathetic action to find out what their experience was like. We called them the receivers. And we sort of thought we were going to get data about pay it forward because you know this whole thing of buy, you know, buy a, a Starbucks for the person in line behind you or you know, at the drive-thru. But we also were worried that we might um, not get enough good answers. So we created a third bucket called the witnesses. And the witnesses were people who hadn't really initiated anything that they could remember, hadn't really received anything that they could remember, but knew of or had seen some sort of story. And the amazingly wonderful aha of our research was the witnesses would tell us stories of these kind actions that they'd observed, and then they would tell us that they, by having witnessed, heard about, seen something behave that way themselves. So what that said to us it was, is that it was far beyond pay it forward. It had a cascade and broadening effect of reaching more and more people and empowering people who 
didn't have power to wield and didn't have uh, money to throw around, but could see someone, include someone, coach someone, tell her she has green stuff stuck between her teeth and she didn't get embarrassed in the meeting. I mean, really (laughs) small actions that were meaningful to other people. And, you know, at a time when so many of us look at the world and think, oh, my God, how can I affect some of these huge problems that are overwhelming? When you know you're by by witnessing something and then taking up the banner yourself in in some similar way, you're actually creating a much bigger cascade than yourself, and that feels empowering. Oh, truly. And one of the new things that I had not realized, excuse me, going back to your research, is you talk about when we're together, we have matching brain waves. I thought that was fascinating. It really is fascinating. It, it really so is much. fascinating, I mean, and I love digging into this social science. And and the matching brainwave piece is so telling. It's why when we get together, there's huge amounts of, of energy and noise and enthusiasm, and we're all kind of clicking. And it also um, points to the importance of diversity in all levels of what you do. You know, we try really, really hard to have ranges of women in our group that are younger and older and racially diverse and different sexual orientations because there's a whole lot of similar data that shows when you get diverse brains and thinking patterns and life experiences in a room, whether it's the business outcome or the personal outcome is so much richer because it pushes you in new directions that repeating patterns don't allow for. Unbelievable. Well, I could I could go on and on with you because, boy, this book is so rich. Uh, one of the things I do want to mention before we close, though, is at the end of each chapter, you have a section on questions that the reader can ask ourselves, specific steps we can take. I just found this so extremely helpful because you really want people rather than just to be, I mean, you take take the parlay effect in on a you know on a recipient basis, but really to be able to give back and take this information and put it out there in the world. I, I thank you. That's it's super important to me too. I think we as women tend to put ourselves at the bottom of the hierarchy of who gets taken care of. You know, we take care of kids and spouses and other social obligations and community, and we get taken care of last. So both the communities that we create and the book is really intended to be that um, soul nurturing that then allows you to uh, bring other people forward. I don't believe in this, you know, self-sacrifice and just do things for others without feeling like you are taking care of yourself too. So that's a big part of those end of chapter sections in the book. Well, and two, I mean, again, I could I could grab you for hours because, Anne, you're really on to something. And I'm so excited because I, too, am going to – I am a member now, and I'm so looking forward to my first experience at the Parlay House. But for our listeners, I can't wait to have you, you also have a website. Let people know where they can go to find out more about you, the Parlay House, and, of course, this amazing Amazon bestseller book. Yes. Yeah, well, they can reach me at com at Parlay House, which is P-A-R-L-A-Y, house.com, or theparlayeffect.com to find out about the book. Um, and, of course, I'm all over social media because that's what we have to do these days, and thank God I have a 20-something-year-old daughter to help me. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, thank you so much for You've got your parlay me. effect in your own home. There you go, Anne. We do indeed. <laughs> well, any thoughts that you'd like to leave before we have to sign off? No, I've loved having this conversation. And, you know, I, I always forget how old I am, which is, you know, almost 58 years old, because I'm surrounded by people who change the definition of vibrance and possibility um, on other on other dynamics. And, you know, I just think the most important thing we can do is keep stretching and learning regardless. And your show is testament to that. And, you know, I think that the reason the parlay effect happens is because once we free ourselves up to think in ways that we hadn't before, it feels like a whole new world, regardless of what age. It does, and you talk about stretching and learning, and I didn't get a chance to ask you, but in the book you mentioned Eleanor Roosevelt, who's also a role model of mine, mm. and she said you had to do something that frightened you every day, and that's, you Absolutely. can't help but learn new things once you open up to these kinds of ideas. Absolutely. Yep, yep, and the people I admire most are the people who are willing to put themselves out there and even fail publicly because that's all part of humanity. That is all part of humanity. Well, you have made a big difference in humanity. I can't, I'm so happy and thankful that I get to share this amazing book with my audience. So thank you, Anne, for your time, for creating your own Harley Effect and sharing it with us. Thanks for having me. And, and I urge every one of you out there, please check out Anne's website as well as her book, The Parlay Effect, How Female Connection Can Change the World. She is so right, and her writing is going to touch you. It will touch you deeply, and it's going to inspire you just like it did me because this is a very special time in our lives, and we want to make the most of it. So while you're doing that, remember to go out there and show the world just how feisty and fabulous a woman over 50 can be. This is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, saying I'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.